0: This is Tell Me What to Read, the podcast of booktopia.com.au. I'm Nick Wasiliab and I'm delighted to be back doing another Friday book discussion session. Um, And this week we are delving into the world of speculative fiction. And joining me today, I have two fantastic authors and book specialists. Firstly, I'm joined by David Henley, fiction publisher and founder of Brio Books, uh, which is now part of Booktopia. He's also an author in his own right, author of The Hunt for Pierre Jr. David, welcome. Hello, hello. And my second guest is Trent Jamison. He's a publisher and runs the Avid Reader Sci-Fi Book Club based in Brisbane. He's also a multi-award winning novelist and short story writer. He's the author of The Deathwork series, The Nightbound Land, Duology, and Dayboy, and he has a brand new book, which is coming out called The Stone Road, which actually, sorry, actually came out earlier this week. Uh, Trent, welcome. Hi, how are you? Very good. It's uh, it's very lovely to have you here, both to discuss the world of speculative fiction. And David, I'm going to kind of throw this this question to you first, just for any readers who are not familiar with what speculative fiction actually covers. What does speculative fiction? Oh, cover?
1: look, speculative fiction it covers almost everything now. Now that the world of literature just likes to pillage spec spec fic for ideas, <laughs> um, pretty much anything that deviates from reality uh, can be considered spec fic. But More specifically, it's usually fantasy and science fiction related themes. Trent, you got anything better than that?
2: Well, I I think that's right. There's there's definitely a trend in in literary fiction to devour the specfic concepts. And that's because most of the authors that are coming out now grew up either watching specfic movies or um reading it and so they they usually the, the path for for a literary writer these days seems to be um you write one kind of mainstream literary novel and then you move in and, and you do the thing you really want to do but you have the, the cover of, of literary fiction in a way um but yeah I, I would also add horror to that as well i think that's um definitely a genre that's uh becoming popular again you couldn't use the word horror 10 years ago but i, I feel like now it's something that people will talk about in polite company again.
1: Oh, well, um, if anything, horror is having a bit of a resurgence. I mean, I think that's, that there's a lot of great writers going into horror to go, you know, I think it's one of those things writers do. They'll look at it as a challenge and go, you know what? I, c- I can bring my my literary awesomeness to this genre and like really get it. The, give it the respect it deserves.
2: Hmm. A- absolutely. And I think, too, we are living in troubled times. And um, I know oh, Stephen King in... Um, dance macabre his his book about writing horror fiction which i read a very very long time ago his argument was that the more troubled the world the more popular horror generally was because mm. it, it it became almost a form of comfort and a, and a sort of a, an easier way to deal with darker issues so yeah it's a good tool
0: it is it is and it's interesting i was actually this it leads me quite nicely into a quick a, a, question is because right now it seems like there's a lot of fantastic speculative fiction coming out right now is it the fact that we and I'll, I'll throw this to you trent first but is it do you think it's the fact that we are living in such dark times as is you know at, at the moment with with so many things happening in the world um both you know internationally and close to home that it is such a strong time for speculative fiction because it feels like there are so many fantastic books in the genre that are coming out right now
2: absolutely i, I think speculative fiction and this is perhaps why it has moved into kind of the literary mainstream a bit too is it's just such a wonderful way of dealing with issues and and in a it can approach them directly but it's also kind of distancing as well um and it's you know there's an element of escapism so you you feel like you're not you're not doom scrolling but you can also look at various different issues as well And, and I feel like at the moment we're entering this incredible period. It's, it's almost like the, the late 60s new uh, new wave again, um, where we have an incredible range of diverse authors writing about diverse topics. Um, there's just, yeah, I feel like if, if anything that you're interested in, you can find a specfic take on it. Mm. And it makes it very hard if you're you know, having a discussion about speculative fiction, because it's such a broad church now, you're always gonna miss things. Um, that are coming out it's very hard to be on the cutting edge as a reader um, because there's just so much of it and so much really good stuff so what, whatever we talk about is going to be you know just a, our particular interests or our take on, on on the genre and I, I think that's also a wonderful thing there's there's room for everybody in, in specfic.
0: Yeah there is. And David I know that every time that we we you know we we meet up and we talk about the, the new books that Brio has coming out I know that specfic is a very prominent feature. I know. It's, it's... like word
1: word got out that there was a specfic publisher. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um what, what's your experience being kind of seeing all of these these specfic books emerge because every time we, we 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 catch up with you and hear about the new books that Brio has coming it's incredibly it make it it's extremely mouth-watering oh. to hear some of the concepts.
1: Look, it's it's great. I mean, it's it's great, but it's it's relentless. The, uh, <laughs> the mean we 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 try not to think about the like words per minute we have to sort of consume and filter <laughs> as the submissions come in. But you know, really, it's a it's a few million words a week we have to somehow make a decision on. Um, and but what we're getting, I mean, we're getting such a, a broad range from horror. I mean, I've signed my first horror um, recently, and. Um, the specfic like trends which is which is another sort of genre bending type um and now i've got i've just got sent another one which is a whopper quarter of a million word story and um it is epic it's epic um so i mean in terms of brett i mean as well i guess i mean sometimes i don't even notice when it's specfic i guess like i've got jane rawson's history of dreams coming out and to most people the description of an alternate history uh bend off australia type thing would be spec fic but it's like nah that's that's really kind of more in the literary realm now but i see what you're saying that that's not real
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i
1: i I think it's i think it's like violence i've been desensitized to speculation um, and (laughs) anything normal i mean in some ways the pressure is on uh reality-based fiction now because reality has to be depicted so closely there doesn't seem to be much tolerance for uh fictionalizing reality unless you are writing spec fic.
0: Mm. it's it definitely is an interesting time to 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 see all of these particul- these in changes and speculative exam- examinations of reality um and it it's i think now is a good time to jump into what the books the actual spec books that we've been reading and trent i know you've brought a whole bunch with you uh for our for our podcast today what uh, what spec fix have you been enjoying
2: uh, over the last little while okay well i'm always reading reading new stuff but my reading is essentially in bed while i'm trying to get my daughter to go to sleep (laughs) so i have to read in the dark so it it does limit the things that i have access to sometimes but um i I thought i'd start with
1: glow in the dark books he's reading it's very 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 small
2: range (laughs) (laughs) um but you could they're, they're also good in the bath Um, So the first book I wanted to talk about was All the Murmuring Bones. I read this last year, it's by AJ Slatter. She's a Brisbane author. Um, This book has done quite well over in the the US and the UK. It's a kind of fairy tale slash kind of fantasy quest with sort of family history um, it's just everything is in this book. It's 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 a book about stories and um the stories that families tell to kind of justify their, their darker actions, I guess. Uh, it really appealed to me because it's it's sort of things that I'm very, very much interested in. Um just a really strong female protagonist who just um is basically working out where she fits in the world. Um yeah, it was it was incredible and AJ Slater has a new book coming out in June called Path of Thorns, which is going to be a continuation of, of that, not of that story, but of that world. Um, I could read anything by by AJ Slater. It's Angela Slater was her pre-this series name. Um, she's written a lot of very good uh, short fiction and a really great novel set in Brisbane, or a series set in Brisbane that started off with Vigil. Um, so yeah, anything that she writes... I want to read. Um, and then I thought I'd move. So that was kind of fantasy. Um, the last, I guess, straight up science fiction novel that I read was uh, The This by Adam Roberts. He's a UK writer. He's a really good critic as well, a really good uh, uh, sort of thinker around speculative fiction. Um, and The This was is a novel about essentially a hive mind that kind of springs from Facebook, really. And whether or not this is a good or a bad thing. And there's just so many ideas in this particular book. Um, the beginning is that, like, I guess, it gets used a lot, but a tour de force, um, where he basically goes through every single science fictional premise, um, but then he wraps it up in the Bardo, which is a Buddhist concept that's kind of a purgatory, I guess. Um, so, yeah, there's just, it's a really interesting novel of ideas. Adam Roberts is, um, he, tends to write he understands the imagery of science fiction but he's also writes a lot about philosophy as well so this is about Hegel um so a lot of it goes over my head but I don't care because it's just so well written and um so full of ideas that uh it it just drags you along and so that only came out fairly recently um but yeah highly recommended actually anything that Adam Roberts writes I would read.
0: Sounds very uh very kind of dystopian in its speculative examination. It, um, it is, and he,
2: he always has uh, a kind of dystopian edge to his prose. His first novel was Salt. It was written, I think, oh, could be uh, 21 years ago now. And it was about a the, sort of a rise of a Stalinist dictator on a, um, a, a colony world. And um, he has a touch of, I know he's a big Le Guin fan, and he's very much there's an element of Le Guin in his prose and in his w- way of um, unpacking s- society, basically. So it's really you know, high-end intellectual science fiction that is a delight to read as well. Um, and then the other two things, I thought I'd talk about things that are coming out. Uh, Claire Coleman has a new book out, which I haven't read yet, called Enclave. It's coming out in July. Um, she is a, an Australian... Um, Indigenous author and just incredible. Um, Every book that Claire writes is worth reading and so I'm very excited about that one. Um, I don't know too much about it, but uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm sure a lot of other people uh, as well and how many books can I go with? Because I actually have a have more than. You can four. go with as
0: many as you want. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just lapping up all of the, the ideas, like the, the concepts and ideas that you're, that these books are playing with. So
1: you can hit me with as many as you yeah, want. Yeah, I'm trying to think of more interesting thing to say about. that. <laughs> <laughs> so oh man, I didn't know I had to do an essay. <laughs>
2: I'm sorry, it's, I'm a. You know, I'm a bookseller and (laughs) you have to... See, I'm a publisher. I'm
1: I'm like, is the story working? Am I in love with the characters? Am I reading (laughs) page to page? The the themes, the metaphors, the academic... Just just stop it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But they're all really important things too. <laughs> I know, but
1: the machine's got to work, the engine, the book's got to work. It's
2: yeah, a, well, absolutely.
0: It's um, a summary of the book publishing industry in a nutshell. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the, the next book I wanted to talk about, it's coming out in April and I actually have a copy. Um, it's Alan Baxter's The Fall. It's a sequel to The Gulp. Now, Alan Baxter has published these himself, um, but they're really great uh, kind of cosmic rural novellas so it's a cosmic horror novellas um and i feel like he's one of the hardest working authors in australia i feel very very lazy um my my output dropped off wait well after i had two children hmm, what if that's uh, alan's got, anyway alan's got children too and I know, he's got so one zero. he's only got one
1: has he know? but he's
2: incredible and um this series is really scary it's actually i've, I've still got the goal. i still have to finish the gulp because i keep stopping and um you know and also, also yeah a lot of distractions but it's yeah he's really really good and i think he's in the top of his game he's only getting better and um so, yeah, so the fall is his new one and it's set in the town the gulp which is like this isolated coastal community um which is which is quite uh quite wonderful and then i thought there's two other books that i, I wouldn't mind talking about if we have time, another one, which I have only just started. I read the first book a while ago. It's the um, Marlon James uh, Moonwitch Spider King, um, which was the follow-up to Black Leopard Red Wolf, which I loved, but it's, it's, they're really dense. I guess they're um, sort of a fantasy African setting Um, ultra-violent sort of sword and sorcery but written with sort of high-end prose and they're the kind of books that you have to just let them bludgeon you while you're reading and then it it takes you half of the book you're not sure if you're liking it and then you just get into that world and it just convinces you that it's you know you have to read it. Um, it, Marlon James writes like no one else um, and it's just like an incredible fantasy adventure and He's written, it's going to be three books that they all tell essentially the same story but from different perspectives and they broaden that out. So it's it's a kind of, we've seen that type of storytelling before but not with the, the density and control that Marla James has. He, he manages to be so precise and controlled but also just all over the place as well. So it's a challenging read but really, really good. And um, then finally... Um, another author who I just adore is uh, Lavi Titter, And uh, he wrote a book called By Force Alone, which is actually a little bit old now, but I only got around to reading it last year. And it's uh, it's basically a retelling of the King Arthur myth. Um, so he does it in such an interesting way. Um, it, it's very different to um, T.H. White, but uh, a lot of fun. And, and Lavi can be very moving, uh, he has a lot of ideas and he can also be very, very silly. And somehow he manages to combine all those elements in the one story. So he, he would move me almost to tears with this book. And then I'd be like, oh, that was the lamest joke ever. So it's just, but he, it just works. Um, yeah, so anything by Balavitira I would recommend too. And he has a newish one called The Escapement that came out about three or four months ago. That's definitely worth reading too. He's a um, Israeli writer um English is his second language and I'm so jealous because he uses it so well
0: oh god you you always see those people who are so eloquent on the page and 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 you go oh damn it damn it damn it damn it I wish (laughs) I could do that (laughs) um thank you so much Trent like we've covered so much ground uh just in all of those books that you you've discussed um from your sci-fi to 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 horror, to, to everything else in between. Um, if that just goes to show how fantastic this genre is right now. Before we move on to David and his uh, specific recommendations, we have our obligatory sponsor for the week. We have a sponsored book, um, wow. which is the sponsor of this podcast. And our sponsored book is Her Last Words by Kim McKelly: A murder, a missing manuscript, an undying love. From the gritty glamour of Bondi Beach to the cold streets of London, This is a tale of tragedy and literary betrayal, of a publishing industry grappling with change and a great love drowning in guilt-wracked grief. Haunting, whimsical and sharply observed, her last words lays the bare truth that, while some crimes might go unpublished among the privileged, words themselves have a way of enduring and exacting a justice all to their own. Her Last Words by Kim Kelly is our sponsored book of the week. And you can buy that right now at booktopia.com.au. So, David, I will now throw to you. Throw to me. Yes, for the books that you have uh, have brought along for our spectacle. Well, look,
1: I apologize to anybody listening that um, I I actually don't get to read anything but the books that I am involved in. Uh, (laughs) There there is just no time. I mean, I I always say I don't get to read for pleasure anymore. But actually reading manuscripts is a pleasure um, and so many great things come across. So I will just throw first up, I'm going to do Laura Sebastian who's an American writer. And she has done a book called Half Sick of Shadows, which I'm just bringing it up because Trent mentioned the other Arthurian book there. Um, Whereas Half Sick of Shadows is taking the Arthurian legend and telling it with the females in the foreground, um, which, you know, her writing is, is, is excellent. But it's one of these books where after you've read it, it feels silly that the women weren't getting much airtime in previous Arthur tellings. It's like when you when you read uh, Claire Wright uh, and you go, "Yeah, you know, there were women in history, weren't there?" Um, <laughs> and so, so it seems like half the story without them. So, um, and actually, I mean, and Laura Sebastian is one. Whenever she's going to write another book, I'll be leaping onto that. Um, I will also like to give a shout out to Marley Jane Ward, who's an author I've been working with for many years. And um she she writes novellas, which, you know, is 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 his the bane of everyone's existence. I love them. I think they're great for for storytelling, but um booksellers aren't as keen. Um, so we've actually managed to get all three together in one book at last with a nice shiny foil on it. And um, so this is the uh Orphan Core trilogy, which starts with an orphan aging out from this corporate orphanage and then descending into the dystopian world trying to find her lost friend and then into prison core for the grand finale um she's just an amazing writer with an amazing voice so she i'm glad to be able to get her book back out there um then i've got one coming up so this is my first horror that i've ever signed because you know i'm a gentle soul and horror is is normally just scary as and um, just leaves horrible images in my mind and i don't know why why people write it or read it um but um This this New Zealand uh, English guy called Paul M. Clark has written something called the Witchfinder's Mark, and it's it is about a witchfinder, and he starts off as a non-genuine witchfinder in the during the English Civil War, um, which you know is again a, a fascinating period, which we don't we don't even usually call it the English Civil War because you know the English shame, and. Um, so, but really this is just one of those ones where you read the writing and the violence comes on so suddenly quick brutally and beautiful it's a bit like kill bill it's just like, oh my God there's a there's a dancing violent sequence, which is destroying everything. Um, so yeah that is one to watch and I think that's coming out June this year.
0: Love, yeah, I do but, love a good, uh, a, is it is it very stylized violence? Something oh, wow. that you would catch in like a, an adult Jay Kristoff novel or equivalent?
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, it feels like it. And for me, it was just, it just passed over me so quickly and it didn't shock me. Whereas, you know, um, and yet very, very, very brutal and visceral. Blood on your face as you read the pages, that kind of thing. And um, lastly, some book by Trent Jameson the stone road, which I think just just came out yesterday, I mean, depending on when you're listening to it, huh? the Ides of March, it's been a, it's been a long road, the stone road, hasn't it Trent?
2: Oh, it has a very, very long road. <laughs> <laughs> and this is one of the ones where when people try to
1: get me to describe it, it's like, oh, you know, it's it's a bit, oh, hang on a bit. It's a bit fancy. No, it's kind of it feels like fantasy, but it's kind of sci-fi. No, it's dystopian. Is it dystopian? But then it's kind of horror. Um, and it actually keeps sticking with me every time, every you know every now and then I see something in the world and it just keeps coming up. And so this town is essentially um, it's this this anonymous town in the middle of nowhere and this and this little girl has to inherit the grandmother's um, mission of protecting the town from from the monsters coming from who knows where and then uh, as she's born this place called Furnace appears on the horizon and, and all the town people get taken one by one or two by two into Furnace and they just disappear and um, eventually things get worse I don't think I, I don't think we want to say any more than than, than that um and it's the disappearing thing, and the and the and this, the the weirdness of the nature of truth and what's surrounding her, and it just keeps coming up in the real world as we're watching all this terrible news and stuff happening, and going, yeah, the fog is starting to surround my little town of life, and so I feel the stone road. Well, it may, it may be a bit more allegorical than I than I expected at first. What do you think, Trent?
2: Well, I think that sounds very much like it. Um... It is a hard book to talk about and it has been such a long road it's hard to disconnect the actual process of it um so I, I guess for me because in in a way it's me using fantasy to write about growing up in small country towns and, I, and I've kind of done that twice um but yeah and also looking at It is such a challenge talking about your own book, isn't it? It
1: Um... is. This (laughs) one especially because it is part horror. I mean, we we were trying to call it literary horror, but then there are these hints that it's a dystopian future and it's just sort of society's regressed Mm. and something either uh, out of control science or magic has, has, you know, affected many, many, many parts and people and and animals. Um, But, yeah, I can see the little town, there's that connection, disconnection. Mm. People coming, going,
2: disappearing, yeah. And and the way, way that happens in, in small communities as well. And I, I know it kind of is a bookend to my previous book, Dayboy. Um, they are sort of in the same world, sort of not, um, which is like this. I, I, I've been thinking about how to describe what that world is because it's it's not really Australia, but it's it's almost like a secondary world, Australia. But also then it's disconnected from everything. Like it's it's almost like a dream that somebody is having about a place in a way. Mm. Um, and I think part of the effort of making that uh, that work was has been the long part of that road with 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 writing it. Um, so yeah, and it, it, but it's also very much about yeah coming into adulthood, learning that your parents and your grandparents have stories that you may not understand, but then slowly learning what what that means. But all within the context of of fighting monsters and and protecting protecting your community, which is a very big thing to put on the shoulders of, of a child. Um, but yes, I have to think of a punchier way of talking yeah, about this. Look, it's
1: it's Wait. it's it's one of those things where we're meant to try and boil books down to these these tiny little short sentences, but some of the best books you just can't. You, you just go can't. in you, and maybe you shouldn't.
0: You gotta go in and just and experience the whole thing for yourself. It's uh, it's kind of sometimes how how you feel about it. It sounds yeah. very like a very timely book. i won't I won't lie considering the the world that we live in right now
2: well they they constantly refer to uh, the years of heat and sadness. so mm. uh, it's, yeah, and I, and I was very much thinking about this time. and then, um when things started to really kick off with the book and and you know, it was looking like it was going to, it's finding a home. I was just as, as COVID kicked into gear as well. So it just, it did feel kind of, kind mm. of timely, but it's like, I think David said to me once when I, when I was reading through it, going, Oh, is, does this actually work at all? And you said, you just have to have to let the language
1: roll over you. It is, it is very dreamlike and beautiful writing. So well done.
2: Oh, thank you.
0: It's it's, and it's great to, it's, this is a good, a good spot to to finish up because again, it, it highlights, you know, in the, taking you've meant you mentioned at the top of the podcast how good speculative fiction takes the the times that we're in and and inverts it and adds something to it um and i think it's this book certainly by the sounds of it does that and i'll have to grab a copy myself uh to check it out myself um as well
1: i'm um, hot off the press
0: yes indeed Literally, hot off the
1: press. Off, it could be wet off the press might be more accurate <laughs>
0: um thank you both so before we before i let you go uh, and let you get back to the incredibly amazing work that you do in the industry we'll finish off with a couple of fun little questions uh just just some fun scenarios to, to put a smile on your dial um so i'll throw this one to you first david what is the perfect idea of a night with a book for you
1: oh sitting in a cafe with a book and maybe a nice french cider that'd be amazing <sighs> yes not too loud on the music something 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 light, no lyrics so i can read mm. yeah
0: mm. similar for you trent or are you staying in bed
2: i actually I, th- that sounds perfect actually the, the the cafe maybe it's raining a little bit outside and um yeah,
0: yeah and
1: there's definitely a reason you can't leave yes no one's going
0: anywhere no one's you going just, anywhere yeah i like that <laughs> Um, What is the perfect sci-fi specfic location for you in your eyes? I'll throw to you first for this, Trent. Is it a far-off planet? Are you on a lost spaceship, uh, dead space style? What's the perfect location for you when when you look for your specfic?
2: Ah, well, actually, I really like um, urban locations. Um, That's what I was going to say. (laughs) But <laughs> well, you know, I, I did write a, a whole series set in Brisbane and um, I, I feel like because I'm a, a country boy who moved to the city, um, it's always had this appeal that uh, it's never lost that for me because I never felt like I had to move out. So to me, Brisbane was this, when, when I moved here, it was this, this wonderful place where you could catch a bus to places because, you know, there's public transport and um, what I used oh, to God, work. Like the future. I know, but, you know. <laughs> Right, I'm going it kind of was. Um, I just I, I still feel enchanted when it when it's raining and it's the the, the city lights are on and I and I get into the C B D, which doesn't happen that often now, and and the the buildings just kind of look like they're moving through space. There'll be some low cloud. Um, there's something just and maybe it's also Blade Runner as well. Um so that urban location, that kind of rundown space where, you know, there are people, that's where stories happen. That's where where people gather and um yeah, so for me, give me a city landscape, an urban landscape, and um I think that's just a, a perfect SF locale.
1: Mm, I mean, look, it's almost closer for me. It's it's basically the home. You because you, you know, we 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 do live in sci-fi times a bit and um to get to the future and really connect it and it's a bit it's it's almost like horror. You want it in the home, you want it to really connect. So if it starts in somebody's home that I feel is like is home, and then the sci-fi comes in and then takes me wherever it wants to. I think that's the that's the best launching pad um though i do have one coming up with a granny in space so that's going to be amazing oh my ah. god yes
0: <laughs> um and to finish off for a bit of fun uh if you had to meet one spe- character from a speculative fiction book can be any character you choose who would it be david i'm going to throw you under the bus and ask you this one first
1: look i think it's going to be horse lover fat <laughs> <laughs> It's horse um, of fat was Philip K. Dick's alter ego that he inserted in a in a, in a book or two. So, <laughs> that, I any think- chance to meet Philip,
0: we would do. You know, even right. if it's an alter ego, we'd take it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Trent, do you have a? Can you do better than than Philip K. Dick?
2: <laughs> Honestly, that's such a, a challenge because quite often the characters are really like I don't think they'd be much fun to be around. Um, so I'm just going to go with Bilbo Baggins. And um, you know, you, you visit, have a cup of tea. Oh yes, yeah, just have, enjoy that view, mm-hmm. throughout out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a long time since I've smoked, but have a pipe of smoke with you know, really, really,
1: really long, really long pipe. Yep, yeah, just
0: sit out there, blow smoke rings, and then Absolutely. hopefully a, a big grey wizard shows up and and go
2: and have adventures. Yeah, and you go, and and yeah, and you go
1: no, fireworks. no, no adventures today. I'm, standing with my tea
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's a really nice cup of tea right yeah. you know I, i'm sure he'd know to make a good good pot of tea <laughs> i i yeah i genuinely
0: think that of all the if, if, if people ask well you, you would you be an elf a wizard or anything in lord of the rings my i think the majority of people would increasingly say i'd be a hobbit i would just sit and eat and drink all day it sounds like bliss that's
1: middle <laughs> age coming on there nick <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, I could honestly chat to you guys forever about speculative fiction, but unfortunately uh, we have run out of time. Thank you so much, Trent and David. Uh, It has been a pleasure having you on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. So for all of our listeners, you can find links to all of the books mentioned in the description today. Um, And uh, if you're just looking for books in general, we know this website, it's called uh, booktopia.com.au. It's a good website. You should check it out. Uh, Please go check it out. Buy a book, help me keep a job uh by by doing that uh and uh and you can check out millions and millions of titles on there so stay tuned for our next episode which will be next wednesday where we'll be sticking with the fiction theme and i'll be bringing you a special episode on novels that are focused on connecting culture where we chat with omar J. sakal on his book son of sin and kari his on the sorrow stone thanks for listening and never stop reading